Praise the Lord. Good morning, church. It's so good to be together again. Hey, wow. Love to see all those kids moving about. Praise God, eh? All these wonderful kids. Well, and of course, to you, Awaken Life Church, happy anniversary. For those of you who are not aware or don't know, uh, yesterday we celebrated as a church our 34th anniversary. Amen. So, happy anniversary. <laughs> in, uh, in 1 Samuel, in 1 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 12, we, we read the following. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. And I think we can say this as a church, amen? Uh, for 34 years, thus far, the Lord can, has helped us. And I hope as you look into your lives, today I'm going to be talking about milestones. I mean, 34 years, that's a milestone, you know. Uh, but I'm going to be talking about milestones today. And I hope that in your own lives as well, as you look back at your life, you can say, thus far, the Lord has helped us. He has been with us. The word Ebenezer means the stone of help. And this verse is at a time when the Israelites were attacked. The prophet had come, Samuel, had come and had reflected the sin of Israel. They were going after all sorts of idols. And he told them to repent, and they did. They came together at a particular place and they fasted and they prayed and they repented. And when the Philistines heard that these guys were all gathered praying and fasting, they said, ha, here's no chance. These guys are weak because they are fasting. They're all in one place. They're not prepared for war. We're going to attack them. And they did. And when the Israelites heard that the Philistines were coming, they were afraid. And, said, and they told the prophet, please pray, pray for us because... We are afraid. We don't know what to do. And the prophet prayed. And God caused thunder over where the Philistines were. Philistines, all right. And, 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 and so much noise and thunder came. These guys were totally confused. They didn't know what to do. And this enabled the Israelites to chase them and defeat them. And so after this victory, that's when uh, Samuel then set up this stone of remembrance, a milestone, a memorial of a milestone in their lives. And uh, they celebrated and they said, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Ebenezer, the stone of help, referring to the rock the, that God had helped them, you know. So when you look at the stone of help, remember, the Lord has been good to us. Thus far, he has helped us. And this weekend is also a milestone in the life of our church. For those of you who are new around here, on Saturday, the 21st of May, 1988, my wife, who opened the service just now, and myself, we were ordained as pastors of this church. And this church was officially launched back then as the Hatfield Portuguese Community. Back then, there was a large Portuguese community in Pretoria, and they actually all spoke Portuguese at that time, okay? And so... There was need for a church like this amongst the community, and the Lord led us to start this church. And at that time, we had Portuguese people from practically every Portuguese-speaking country, 
from Portugal, mainland and Madeira, from Angola, from Mozambique, from Brazil. And it was a nice mixed bag of Portuguese-speaking people. But very soon, the, the Portuguese people want to bring their friends who are not Portuguese-speaking. And some of them married non-Portuguese spouses, and they wanted to bring them as well. And so what we did is we started doing bilingual services, English-Portuguese. And as the time went by, the little kids, which initially all spoke Portuguese, all of a sudden the kids only speak English. And so children's church switched over to English. And then the youth, who used to speak Portuguese, only began to speak English and communicate better in English than Portuguese, so the youth switched over to English. And then eventually, the Portuguese community over the years, they shifted. And even our Portuguese people here today, they speak English better than they speak Portuguese. And so eventually in, in, in 2017, we rebranded as Awaken Life Church, and we use only English as a medium of communication in the church. And that's, in a nutshell, 35 years of, 34 years of uh, history. And, uh, and so today, uh, we are able then to communicate and, and connect with people from anywhere. As long as they speak English, we are connecting that way. We are also able to connect online. And we're able to connect with previous members and also new friends we've made online and both in person over here. And so uh, we are very glad for what God has done in our church. So to all of you watching, all of you listening, all of you present over here, happy anniversary, Awaken Life Church. Let's give God the glory. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, this year, we are not having a special celebration as such. But next year, on our 35th anniversary, 35, okay, we're going to have a celebration. So you can already book the date, okay, the weekend of 21 May 2023. All right, get ready for a wonderful feast year and celebration of our anniversary. The last one was on our 30th year. So I think every five years is a good, you know, milestone to have a lacquer party. Right, sister? Amen. So we're going to be doing that. So remember next year. Now, what is a milestone? And there are two definitions of a milestone. The first is actually what it was meant to be initially. It's a stone set up, you know, next to the roadside to mark the distance in miles and today in kilometers, the distance as you are traveling between uh, to a particular place. You know, uh, sometimes when, when you're driving on a long journey, especially those long roads, you know, and you drive and you drive and, and the kids in the back seat. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> and even you, you drive, you go, are we there yet? When are we going to get there? And it's a little bit of a comfort, and I do this. I look at those markings on the side of it. It's got the little stones, you know, with the kilometers. And it is a little bit of a, a comfort to me, you know, to, to, to look and say, hey, we are getting closer. We are we're actually moving, you know, we're getting there. And that's what a milestone is. But the other meaning of milestone is a, a significant stage or event in the development of something. And that is the context which we are looking at this word today. The day that this church was launched was an important day and event in the life of this church and in the life of many people. Not only who began this church with us, but we have been in this church over the years, going through this church. I think if we put together everybody who's been here, we would have a mega church. Today, they are in Brazil, in Portugal, in, in Canada, United States, England. There are so many places. Some of them are in heaven already. And some are in other parts of the nation. 
But praise God for the impact this church has had in many people's lives. And so we thank God uh, for that. And so that initiation, that day, was a milestone. It was a special day. Now, milestones in our lives are to be remembered with thanksgiving and celebrated with joy. Milestones are important events in our lives that mark the end of one stage and the beginning of another. And, and in every milestone in your life, whether it is the story of this church or your story or my story, milestones in our lives, they mark the end of a season and the beginning of another. How many of you know that my wife and I, our lives were never the same again after 21 May 1988? All right? But that was just one of many milestones in our lives, just like there are many milestones in your lives. And, and as I share this message, I want you to begin to think about it and to remember milestones in your lives so that we can give thanks to God. You know, it's amazing. You, you, you read the Bible over and over and over, and then one day you read it again or you hear it and it goes, oh, wow. And this morning when my wife read that passage of Scripture, and she says, you can never praise God enough. I go, wow, wait a minute. You can never praise God enough. And it was wonderful this morning as you spent time praising the Lord and, and worshiping Him. But as we were worshiping, I was just thinking to myself, it is never enough, is it? I mean, here I'm worshiping Him, and I'm so grateful for so many things in my life. I'm talking about me personally now, or us as a family. I'm thankful for so many things. But I don't know if I can praise God enough. I don't know if you can praise God enough for what God has done in your life. And, and, and on top of that, sometimes we get just so busy with life that we don't take time to praise the Lord and to worship Him. Well, good thing that we're going to get to spend eternity with God. Amen? So then I think we'll have enough time then to... <laughs> but let's not neglect this right now. And I think stopping and reflecting, and I took some time yesterday just to, to go back and, and look at some ancient photos of our church, okay? From the early days and from days in between, different stages uh, as we started, you know, we, we, we kind of started off in a, in a little shop down here, down Flower Street, and then we moved to Arcadia, and then we moved to this property. And then I was just going through some of those old photos and just looking at the people and looking at some kids who today are married and have kids of their own. And, and I was just remembering, you know, reminiscing and remembering facts. God did this in this person's life and God did that in that person's life. And look at this one is today. And, and, and just reminiscing. And it's good sometimes just to stop and to remember what God has done in your life and in the people who have crossed your life. Family, friends, it's good just to stop and reflect and be grateful to God for everything that He has done. Amen? And so, this is what we are doing. There are important events. And so, it is important for us to think about these things. Now, why do milestones matter? And by the way, milestones in our lives come in many ways. Um, Things like the birth of a child, or the start of a school, getting your driver's license. That's a milestone. 
Okay. Oh, got it. And, and I remember, you know, when I was about 14, it took forever to get to 18. And then after 18, before I knew it, I was 40. Gone. And I know some of you, are, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you sort of more mature people, you know. Um, moves, promotions, you know, retirement, significant anniversary. There are so many milestones. And, and then in our Christian life as well, there are milestones in our Christian life. Maybe that day when you made a, a full commitment to Jesus Christ or, or got born again, whatever you want to call it. But that day when you knew that today I'm, I'm deciding to follow Jesus. Or, or a child dedication, or, or water baptism, or a call to ministry, or overcoming a particular sin or habit in your life. Those are wonderful milestones. Or maybe the, the, the first time you managed to, to, to lead someone to the Lord, or to bring somebody to church, and then they got born again. And, and the day you managed to, to share your testimony with somebody for the first time. And if you tend to be an introvert like me, that's a big one, okay? And by the way, for me, just to be here is a big one, because of who I am. But you see, God can use anybody. God can use you. Even though you think, oh, I can't talk and I can't speak. Listen, Moses was a stutterer. And God used him. And so the Bible is filled with people with limitations that God used. And so celebrate those milestones in your life when things that you thought you could never do, all of a sudden you do them for the Lord and you go, yay, praise God. Another one, another milestone. And keep on pursuing those milestones. So milestones are, are meant to help us move from one stage in our journey to the next. And very often, they are celebrated with a certain rites of passage, certain events that help us to move from one stage to the other, help us to close a chapter in our lives and open another one. For Jewish boys and girls, for instance, the bar mitzvahs and, and bas mitzvahs, they are rites of passage that celebrate them graduating from child to young adulthood or womanhood or manhood. For many, a high school graduation. <clears throat> That's it. I'm done with this now. Now I'm moving on to young adult life. Eh? And, and there are so many other other you know, celebrations and, and events which help us to transition from one stage to the other. Milestones, in some ways, they force us to reckon with the fact that change has happened and that we need to adjust to the change of the next stage. Like, like your high school graduation, when you finish and you're right and, and you've graduated, that, that season in your life is over. Forget about going to school in the morning, having breaks, chatting with your friends, you know, and, uh, and weekends where you can usually relax a little bit more than others, except when you're high school, then you've got lots of homework. But anyway, it, it is the end of a season, and now you're facing a whole new season in your life. When you graduate from university, the day you get married, that's a, a, that's a transition. Your life will never be the same again. The day your child is born, your life will never be the same again, <laughs> all right? And, and so many changes, milestones in our life, they transition us from one stage to the other. And it helps us to understand these transitions and that we need to move on. So we find meaning in milestones, not only because of what happens during the event itself, but also in what we do before the event and in what we do after the event. And so today... We're going to learn 
from God's dealings with the Israelites. How he prepared to get them out of Egypt, the event that happened, and what God told them to do afterwards. We're going to look specifically at the time when Israel was enslaved in Egypt, and God had been sending the plagues upon Egypt. And now they're about to face that lost plague. And that was a major milestone in the history of the Israelites. So specifically, we're going to look at three elements of that Passover that helped to make it such a milestone event. We're going to look at how they prepared. We're going to look at how they marked the event. There was a mark in that event. And then how they remembered the event. So let's look at preparation. The whole community of Israel was given instructions that on a certain day, at a certain month, on a certain date, every man was to take a lamb for his household. Each man, each head of a family, was to go and take a lamb, a specific lamb, at a specific age, clean, pure, and take this lamb and take care of it for four days. If the family was very small, two families could share one lamb. Two small families could share a lamb. Because the fact is that that lamb was to be eaten completely. There was to be no leftovers. No leftovers for tomorrow and no pot course either. It had to be done and finished on that same day that they were going to eat it. And so they were told to take, to choose a lamb and then to look after it for four days. And, there, and then this is what they were told to do. If you go to Exodus chapter 12, verses 6 and 7, or the whole chapter 12 talks about this event, but verses 6 and 7 is the instruction that we're given. They said, now, you shall keep it, she keep the lamb, until the 14th day of the same month. So on the 10th day, the guys had to go and choose this lamb, and then on the 14th day of the month, then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight, beginning of the evening, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses they were to eat it in. You see, there was a specific mark that they had to take. Not only were they instructed to have the smell in the house and in a particular way, but they were told to make this mark on the doorposts. Now you know the story. Moses who was born of a Hebrew woman, was actually raised by the princess of Egypt. But then he had to be exiled when they discovered his identity and because he killed an Egyptian, he had to run away. He was exiled. But then he returned to Egypt after being commanded by God, being instructed by God to go back to Egypt and to set his people free. And God would instruct him what to do. And so up to this point in the story, God has already sent nine plagues. And after every single plague, first Pharaoh says, okay, you may go. But then he's, he hardens out, no, you can't go. And he kept on holding the people back. Finally, the tenth plague is about to come. And this is a heavy one. Because in this plague, the firstborn of every family, of every household, is going to be taken unless there is blood on the doorposts. And so God instructs his people, you must make this mark so that you can be protected when the angel of death comes over Egypt. So this is going to be a, a heavy one. Every firstborn child, male or female, was going to go. So God, as Moses told the Hebrew people, to prepare themselves 
for the coming of the angel by sacrificing a, a, a year-old male lamb without defect at twilight and to take some of the blood and put it on the doorposts. It's very specific about these instructions. And in fact, the angel passing over any person's house, if there was no blood on the doorpost, the firstborn in that house would be taken. Whether they Israelites or not, if an Egyptian had put blood on his doorpost, his child would not be, have been taken. But of course, they are not listening to the God of Israel, so they don't know about this. And so, if we are going to experience a milestone in our lives as we should, then we need to spend time in preparation and think of the major milestones in your lives. There was or there should have been some kind of preparation. Like your graduation, there's preparation. Your car license, driver's license, there's preparation. Marriage, there's preparation, I hope. And I know that sometimes, you know, we just jump into things and then, and then, and then we look back and, whoa, I wasn't prepared for this. And that's the problem. Milestones need preparation. Every major milestone in our lives requires preparation. This was a major milestone in the history of Israel. And so there was preparation. And there are many ways that we prepare for milestones. For graduation, students have to make sure that they've uh, completed their classes, paid their dues, hired the gowns and everything else, and be ready for that day. Sometimes there is even uh, some, some training or practice they have to do. When people decide to get married, even over and above all the actual planning for the feasts and so forth, they should also do some premarital counseling and ask the important questions of themselves. How do they want to handle finances? Who's going to do the chores at home? The different chores. How do they want to handle finances? You know, how is church and faith going to play a part in their relationship? Do they want to be, do they want children? And if so, when? And these questions are important to discuss before the milestone event happens. If you do that afterwards, you could find some conflict or be in trouble, as unfortunately I have seen in many marriages. So, for a milestone to do its growing work in us, there needs to be preparation. Now, what about marking the event? During or directly after a significant event, God's people would mark the milestone symbolically as a response to God's goodness, God's presence, and God's support. As you read the Old Testament, you find it throughout the Old Testament. They did this by building altars, as, as Samuel did with, with that stone. You know, after they got their victory, he put that stone up. Uh, they would do it by, by offering sacrifices, having feasts, repenting, dedicating themselves to God through covenants and through signs. Sometimes parents would give their children a name that reminded them of the event. And sometimes God even changed a person's name. Like Abram to Abraham, Saul to Paul, Cephas to Peter. But there was always something which marked that event. During the Passover, the Hebrews were commanded to cook and eat a meal to mark that event. Exodus chapter 12 Verses 8 to 11 says, Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, 
nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire. In other words, they have to have a bride that night. Okay? Not a pot, not a poiki, a bride. Okay? God's very specific on, in his instructions. All right? Its head and its legs and entrails, you shall let none of it remain until morning. And what remains of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. So there must be nothing left over. What you don't eat, you burn. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. You see, notice the detailed instructions. It's not a normal meal where you just sit back, you relax, and you eat. No. This particular meal, it was marked. It had to be done in a specific way. Amen? The way they were to eat the meal was symbolic. It was a symbolic action. Not only to represent haste in preparing for the coming angel, but also it foreshadowed what was going to come afterwards in their flight from Egypt into the desert. They had to be ready to leave in haste. The meal, done in a very specific way, was the mark of the milestone. We still mark milestones today. The mark of baptism, we mark baptism, water baptism, with the action of immersion in water. Not only because it is the way that Jesus was baptized, and how he instructed us to baptize others, but also because it symbolizes, there's a symbol to it. It symbolizes us allowing, aligning ourselves with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. When we get out from under the water, it, it, when, you go, when you go underwater, it's like death to our old ways. When you come out of the water, it's like a new life. We're beginning a, a new life, newness in Christ. Raised from with Jesus, you know, into a new life of discipleship. We mark weddings with an, a ceremony and exchange of rings. Amen. It's a symbolic thing. We mark the birth of our children with the, the, the naming and often a dedication. We mark graduations, retirement, anniversaries with, with parties. Marking milestones is important because it gives us a way to acknowledge and respond to God's work through that event. Amen? That's the marking. But what about remembering? When the event is over, is it over? No. We must remember the event. Important events in the Bible, events that affected the life of God's people, were often called to be remembered by future generations. When God made a promise, promise to Noah that he would never again destroy the world by a flood, he created rainbows as a sign for all future generations, not only to remember the event of the great flood, but also to remember God's promise. God instructed the Hebrews at Passover that every year after Passover, the people should hold a feast to commemorate how God had shown love for his people and saved them from slavery in Egypt. In Exodus 12, 14, we read the following. So, this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. And so, 
until today. Until today. The Jewish people celebrate this milestone every single year at Passover. And during that Passover celebration, they celebrate it with a traditional meal called the Seder. This meal uses food items to retell the story of the Exodus from Egypt. Each food item on that plate reminds them of some aspect of the event. The bitter herbs which they eat remind them of the bitterness of slavery. The haroset, which is a sweet mixture of chopped nuts and apples, cinnamon and red wine, it reminds them of the mortar used to make bricks and to build houses for the Egyptians. The karpas, a vegetable that is dipped into salt water, represents tears and reminds them of hope and rebirth. A roasted lamb shank bone symbolizes the lamb sacrificed for the blood on the doorposts, and, and so on. Everything in, in the, on that table has a symbolism and reminds them of their experience in Egypt and the Lord's deliverance. And it helps them to remember and celebrate. How do we remember milestones. We celebrate birthdays and anniversaries. We have high school and college reunions. And, and some people uh, remember and, and celebrate their water baptism as the day of their rebirth. Some people do that. In the cycle of the church year, we have rituals around Christmas, around Easter, to remember the, the birth and the life, the death and resurrection of Jesus. Taking time to remember our milestones is important because it reminds us where we have been, how God has led us to where we are, and it forces us to ask the question, where is God taking us now? So for us as a church, praise God for 34 years, but where is God taking us now? What about the next one, five, ten years? What is God going to do? And when I'm talking about the church, I'm talking about you. Every one of you who's online, who's present, who is part of this body right now. We thank God for history. We thank God for everyone who has contributed to this church in the past. And today we are thankful for those who contribute right now. And for those who will still be added to us. And the question to us is, where is God taking us? going forward. Think about your own life, your personal milestones, maybe your family milestones. Where is God going to take you? For some of you who are younger, as I've been speaking, maybe you are thinking of milestones which are still going to happen in your life. High school graduation, maybe further education, a new job, marriage, Many of these milestones are ahead of you. Start thinking about them now and preparing now. Asking God now to lead you, to prepare you. For those of us who are a little bit older, let's think back, look back, be thankful to God for what He's done. But our life is not over yet, is it? If you're sitting here and if you're watching over there, your life, you're still alive. And as long as there is breath in your lungs, there is still life ahead. And we can ask God, what is next? What is going to happen in my life? Lord, guide me. Because milestones 
are not something which happens once or twice and it stops. You can spend your whole life creating and experiencing milestones. New breakthroughs, new adventures, new experiences, both with God and in your personal or family life. What do you sense that God is calling you to do next? You see? Taking time to remember our milestones, let me say it again, is important because it reminds us where we have been. And when you look back, maybe some of the places where you have been have been good places. But maybe sometimes you were in bad places. The milestone you remember actually got messed up somewhere and you got a bad memory of it. It's still good to remember because we learn from past successes and we learn from past failures. Hello? I've got some things right in my life and I've messed up some things in my life. And guess what? I can learn from both experiences. Every time you fall down, you can pick something up before you get up. <laughs> okay? So that it becomes meaningful to you. People talk these days about the concept of falling or failing forward. So when you fail, don't fail backwards. Don't see as a, something to draw you back. No. Fail forward. While you're down there, while you're on the floor, while you're on the ground, Take a look around, consider, analyze, learn from it. And then you pick yourself up and you carry on with faith, with confidence, with determination, and with lessons in your pocket that you picked up from falling or failing. Amen, church? Amen. Hallelujah. Conclusion. Let's wrap this up here. Let's take a moment to think back to your own milestones. In what ways have they formed your life and your faith journey up till now? How have they taken you from one stage to the next? In what ways have your milestones taught you new things about yourselves and about God? You see, every, every milestone in my life has actually been a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, it was many of them were things I decided or I agreed to. My wife and I, we both agreed to hear God's call to plant a church. <laughs> okay? God didn't force us. He didn't push us. No. He simply called and we said, yes. All right. But it hasn't always been easy. Amen? My decision to choose that lady as my wife and her wisdom in accepting me as a husband. <laughs> it was a very joyous decision. All right? It was easy to make that decision. Okay? But it didn't come without its consequences. You know, because I'm not perfect. As she quickly realized. And neither is she. But the fact is, we are all human. And we have good days and we have bad days. 
But it's been great. All right? But it, it, it has caused me to learn some things about me and to learn some things about her. Milestone does this to you. And then, of course, the kids came along. Very joyous. Yay! <laughs> and then the challenges came. Because as you know, and I said the other day as well, no child comes with a handbook. Uh-uh. You have to learn. How do you figure this out? And whatever lessons you learn with your first child don't necessarily apply to your second, third, fourth, and whatever. Right? Hallelujah. But you see, with every milestone, there is a learning process. Learning about yourself. Learning about others. Learning about life. Adapting. And, and if you allow God into the whole process, you get enriched by the process. You grow in the process. With, without God, you get frustrated. You want to give up. You want to walk away. You want to end this thing. But with God, He invites you into that thing. And you have the joys, and you have the challenges, and everything works together for your growth. Because in God, everything works together for the good of those who love Him. Amen? Praise God. And say, so in what ways have your milestones formed you? How have they marked you? And how do you remember them? Eh? How do they point to where God is leading you now? Think about the milestones in the life of the church. How God has worked through those events and stages and how they might show us where He is leading this church and the church. Remember one thing. The life of a church is linked to the life of the church. Okay? As you know, we are a local church. We are part of a church network, but we are also part of this thing called the Church of Jesus Christ, which is universal. I've got colleagues all over the Murtia and in Pretoria and other parts of the country and other parts of Africa, and, and we are all interlinked. And whatever, what happens here affects what happens over there, and what happens over there affects what happens over here because we are one body. And so we think, yes, of our church and what's God doing here and where is he going to take us. But we need to understand what is God doing in the church. What time is it now in God's calendar? As we know, as, as we've seen from the signs around us, we are at the beginning of the end time pain. We are in that section of history. We are at the end of that chapter called the church. If you remember the six chapters of the Bible, okay, that's another story. But we are now coming towards the end of the church age. Jesus will return. And we cannot put dates. Be careful because a lot of people these days, because there's so many things happening, some people are venturing and putting dates out. He's coming in seven years. He's coming in this year. He's coming. Forget about it. Nobody knows when he's coming. But we can know the seasons. And we have to be ready. And so as a global church and as a local church, we have to anticipate that. That's going to be a great milestone, guys, the day that Jesus comes. But we have to be ready, personally and corporately. So what is God doing? See, God is always at work in us. From the time we are born until the time we die, God is at work in us. 
And along the way, between those two dates, there are many milestones that God works in us and in the church and in our lives and in the nation. And so we need to be alert to all these things. And how, and ask ourselves, how are we preparing for the next milestone? Because believe me, thank God for this milestone in the life of the church. Thank God for my milestones and your milestones in your personal life. But that's not the last one. Your last milestone is not the last milestone. <laughs> okay. There's going to be more. How are you preparing yourself for the next milestone? How are you marking the important events? And how do we remember the work that God has already done? How do we remember what has already happened? You see, by looking back at what the Lord has done, we can declare with Samuel, Thus far, the Lord has helped us. And notice how he puts it. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. In other words, the journey is not over yet. Up till now, he has helped us. But the journey continues. And we know that he's going to continue helping us. Do you believe that? Amen. So, Praise God for milestones. Praise God for this milestone in the life of our church, and it helps us to remember milestones in our lives. I pray that you'll spend some time today, this week, just reflecting a little bit. You know, here in Pretoria, it's a little bit cold today, so maybe go home, make a nice cup of coffee, and wrap yourself in a blanket, and take some time to reflect about your life. Maybe talk about it as couples, as families. Milestones that you can look back and say, hey, praise God, thus far the Lord has helped us. You know, and maybe you know that you've got milestones coming up. Maybe graduations and changes in your life. I don't know. Begin to talk about it and how you could prepare for them. Ask God for wisdom, for strength, for guidance. You know, it's like uh, some people love change, but at the same time, we don't like change because change means leaving something behind and embracing something else. Sometimes it's very exciting, but often it is painful, not easy. Move from one place to another, one job to another, one city to another. It's, it's, it's not easy, sometimes necessary, and maybe the result is good, but the process is not always easy. Milestones, the milestone events, sometimes can be quite hard. But the Lord is with us. He is with you. He'll continue to be with you guide you, strengthen you, help you, and take you forward, help you to grow, to learn, to achieve His purposes in your life. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand up and let's close in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just look at that. Look at that. On the little picture on the, on the corner over there. That was me. Four years ago. Hey, how things have changed. Hallelujah. And, and, and that's dear. That's my wife over there with a hand up in there. Believe it or not, that's, that's her with a different hairstyle. Huh? In red, yeah, the one in red, yeah. <laughs> in red. <laughs> Lady in red. <laughs> Praise God. Father, thank you for this time together, Lord. Time to just think back to, think back of your goodness and to declare that Yes, you have helped us thus far. And we know that you will continue to help us as we go forward.
I thank you for every person here present, everyone watching online, everyone listening to this message. I know you've been good in each one's lives somehow, Lord. And so today, help us to remember your goodness. Help us to remember the various milestones in our lives, my God, and to be grateful to you. And, and I know we can never praise you enough, Father, but do receive our limited praises, our limited thanksgiving, because we are grateful. We are thankful, Lord, for your goodness. I pray your blessing, Father, upon your people, upon every family, every individual here present, online, listening. Father, let your blessings continue to overwhelm them. Guide them into every milestone that they still are going to go through and celebrate. My Father, thank you for your goodness, Lord God, for your provision, for your protection, for your guidance and direction, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. And now, may the love of God the Father the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon each one of us as we rejoice in milestones past and prepare for milestones in the future. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday and see you next week. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord.